0: Good evening, Catherine. How are you?
1: Hi, Morgan. I'm good. I'm in a very calm mood because we're recording in the evening, which is quite different for us. How are you doing, Morgan?
0: I'm good. I'm hoping we can achieve the feel of a late night jazz radio station. You know, that kind of sultry tones and things like that. glass of whiskey on the side kind of thing that could really, it could add something to the experience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Morgan, what's today's
0: topic? Uh, Well, today we're going to address, I think, the elephant in the room for a university podcast which is uh what university life is like now given everything's changed exactly We'll look mainly i suppose at the start about just the well the thing we're all here for which is to study but there's also a lot of other things going on, you know, Yeah. the social life.
1: Basically, what we're looking at specifically is how it is to have your lectures mainly online and how people are coping with adjusting to this new style of learning. And it's a very relevant day for us to do this because Morgan and I have actually had online classes today because both of us yeah. only have online classes this year. No in-person contact whatsoever. Yeah. How's your class today, Morgan?
0: It was quite good, actually. I mean, I, I can, <laughs> so I've got two different classes and one of them does the online thing quite well and one less so well. And I think I try and be as uh, kind of engaged as I can, but I, I definitely know that some of those little like blips on the screen, you know, they say they're present, but they're, they're not there. They're off making a cup of tea.
1: That is very true. But generally, I actually think it works quite well. I've been positively surprised by the online learning experience.
0: I'd say it works less bad than i thought it would in an ideal world we would be in a classroom surely
1: oh 100 percent. i prefer that over any of this definitely
0: and i think it's actually hard for the lecturers as well not just for the students because like the software you reuse right it, it's quite difficult for everyone to have their cameras turned on at the same time so for a lot of the lecturers they're just talking into like this blank black void <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> must be really difficult if you're trying to teach and engage. And because like I was speaking to my, uh, one of my supervisors and he said like so much of human interaction is, is based on your body language. So to not have that is is really, really difficult, especially if you're quite a shy person. Like I can imagine it, it must be quite difficult to sort of engage.
1: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I don't know. I, it must also be difficult, especially for some of the topics that are a bit more political because you can't see how people are saying the things they're saying. So it adds another element of being careful. And we were actually giving a full-on instruction list on how to send messages um, in the beginning just so you don't, you know, accidentally say something that could offend other people because they can't see your expression in your face and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all know this from texting in real life and emails. Tone is really hard. And I guess it's just equally true now when, when you're conveying stuff via, you know, a little message box rather than... Saying, presenting out loud to a class, perhaps.
1: Today, we have uh, quite a bit of range on our guests, more than we usually do. So first, we're speaking to Thomas, who's a fifth year medicine student in King's College, London. And then later on, we have Carolina, who's a fresher living in halls right here in Aberdeen. And finally, we have Fatin, who is studying at the University of Liverpool, but is still at home in Singapore.
0: And now... For the first time in a really long time, we've got our first guest, and that's Thomas. Welcome, Thomas. Hi, nice to be on. Would you like to introduce yourself to our lovely listeners?
2: Yeah, sure. My name's Thomas. I'm a year medical student down in London. Uh, I know
0: Morgan from school. Yeah, we should clarify this, Start that we do know each other quite well.
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. This isn't some chance encounter at the coffee shop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, we're, we're talking about... Well, I guess the uni experience and the new normal and all of that, uh, all of that good stuff. So basically, how is it going?
2: I mean, it's a university year like no other. Yeah, I can't really compare it to the past four years at all because it's just so different. And unfortunately, it's, uh, it's not a, a positive change, I wouldn't say. But uh, university is still happening for me. I know that for a lot of people, it's changed in a big way. Um, the way the university has done for them um, has completely changed, but I'm still getting some face-to-face, but it's it's very different from before.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask what your breakdown is. So I assume you have some lectures online, but then you have in-person practice hours, right?
2: Yeah, so I'm in my final two years, um, which is, is, is sort of more an apprenticeship style thing, whereby you spend the majority of your time in hospital, attached to consultants, on wards, in clinics, learning basically on the job. Um, so that's that's my sort of day-to-day. That's what makes up the majority of what I do. And then you have the occasional lecture, which is online, and some tutorials, which is face-to-face. But I guess the what's, what's really changed is because of COVID, obviously there's regulations about how many people you can have um present on a ward, present in a tutorial and it's just completely changed the dynamics
0: mm-hmm. how are the the people that are teaching you in person you know finding it because i like we talk so much now about the pressures on the nhs and the stresses and strains that these doctors go under i must i mean it must be quite difficult for them to also be you know looking after you guys
2: uh, well, absolutely. I mean I've just uh, just last week I finished my rotation on ITU, um which is the intensive care unit, and obviously things are starting to heat up with a lot more COVID patients, etc. Um and I'll be honest, they the before it's always a bit of an issue when you're when you're training um as a medical student is you're kind of you're kind of a spare part on the ward. You turn up and you're a bit of a beg. Can I can I follow you around? Can I shadow you? But especially right now when they're super busy and, you know, their job isn't about as high pressured as it's been in I don't know, probably their entire careers. The last thing they really want to do is tolerate your your lack of knowledge, I suppose.
1: That makes sense. But just you were mentioning how it's getting more intense with COVID. Have you guys gotten a lot of guidance on how to stay safe during COVID then?
2: Um, well, I mean, as you know, England's in lockdown. Um which is, you know, the main the main thing. Um, the official guidance is we're not supposed to see COVID patients, but if I'm entirely honest, like, in the actual practicality of it, I've seen a whole bunch of them, just because in reality, if you want to actually follow Shadow what the consultant is doing on a day-to-day, the fact of the matter is it's, it's looking after COVID patients. But, you know, there, there's plenty of PPE, I mean, there's accessibility so when you turn up at a hospital they give you a pack of sort of 50 surgical masks and you have ready access to the FFP3s which are the more tight fitting face masks that are supposed to be more secure um, sorry if this is all a bit boring
1: no no it's interesting because we don't to any extent we aren't exposed to anything that's covid dangerous basically. So it's quite interesting to hear from a student who actually is when all of us are being shielded from that because we don't have in-person teaching and then some are just being thrown directly into it.
2: Yeah. So so when you go see a COVID patient, you do get given the full PPE. So, you know, uh, gowns, masks, visors, gloves, etc., cetera. Um, and you have to get face fitted so that you go and like they, they sort of assess your face for a mask that perfectly fits the content. it's it's it sounds ludicrous but this was an entire half an hour of my life spent getting fitted for the right mass
0: i mean do you think given all those conditions like are you getting the same level of training and preparation and education that you would be under normal times i mean you know because me and katrin we're you know we're just humanities students so whether or not we're good humanity students or not it's not too important but you know like someday you're going to have people's lives in your hands
2: I mean, the short answer is is no. Um, the training just isn't the same as what it was. I mean, a, a good example is my psychiatry placement in first term, uh, because of the restrictions of around number of people, they couldn't have me physically come in. So as a result, my psychiatry placement had to be done virtually, which basically means you you join you join the teams meeting for the uh, for the. <laughs> for the ward round. And I mean, I'm sure you've got your own opinions about online teaching, but if you think it's hard to pay attention during an online lecture, it's even harder to pay attention in an online ward round when you've never actually seen the (laughs) patients.
1: When you first described that, I, I assumed that they would strap a GoPro on a doctor and then you just <laughs> looked at his day.
2: Not, not really, but they do have little video cameras so you can watch oh, really? it. yeah, yeah, it's quite disconcerting actually, but yeah.
1: But I assume they almost then say, oh, you're getting almost a better education because you're going through a pandemic, but that kind of becomes irrelevant soon, hopefully, right?
2: I mean, the last real pandemic was a um, hundred years ago and a large majority of doctors manage to go through their whole careers without ever having to deal with something like this. And, yeah. you know, odds state, I probably won't <laughs> have to deal with something like this in my career. So it, I've pretty much only seen yeah. the negative of it, but I, I suppose you could twist that positive angle. I do have to be clear, though, I mean, medicine's a long degree, and actually the people who have been really affected are, I think, the years one to three people of my end but we're being prioritized to still go in because we're considered so close to finishing that they kind of have to teach us train us because we're part of the workflow yeah the nhs requires a certain number of doctors to graduate every year yeah. years one to three are exactly like you guys all online
1: but then at least they were given a choice i assume to then postpone it a year or something like that you weren't you were just told to meet and be there like usually right
2: Yeah, but I mean, it's a six year degree and you, depending on the style of the the course you're on, the first three years are usually biomedical sciences with a little bit of clinical exposure. So you sort of slowly build up those skills. What's happening for those in the years one to three now is they're just not getting any of that clinical exposure, which sounds like it's easier, but it's it's not going to help them when it comes to the later years when you're assessed on the actual hands on component.
0: Yeah, I I want to ask you about that, actually. Do you feel because I I kind of feel this way, although it's quite difficult being a student right now, at the very least, because I'm in fourth year. So I'm at the end of my degree as well. At least I kind of know what I'm doing at this point and I'm using those skills and kind of seeing it out. And do you think that it's harder for those like kind of, for example, first years that are just showing up, they've just come from school and they're trying to learn not only how to be a student for the first time, also how to live alone? how to make friends in a different way. I mean, do you think, do you feel in a way that you're a bit lucky?
2: Yeah, I I honestly couldn't agree more. I, I mean, if you take it from an academic point of view, I had all the basics covered before I had to go through this difficult period. You know, I know all the sort of bread and butter components of my course. But say if you're coming in in first year from an academic point of view, I think you'd all agree that university is a change from high school, secondary school, whatever you call it. So first of all, that, that jump is going to be different. And yeah, I mean, as you said, the social aspect, I I found going to university in the first year was a massive change, um, especially in the UK where, uh, in Scotland, where you can join at 17. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things about living on your own that they probably had really intensified.
1: Yeah, definitely. How about socially this semester, because England is in lockdown, so you've almost had it worse than us, I'd argue, but isn't that also impacting your studies that you can't really have any release in the same way?
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. So right now I'm in my hospital accommodation room, which is, I'm, I'm on rotation in Dartford, right? And so part of the thing is they put me up in a room in the hospital, so I live on site. But because of lockdown, I'm not allowed to leave the hospital. So I've spent the past two weeks living at the hospital, which is, I would say, from a social point of view, pretty grim.
1: That is horrible. Wow! Imagine living in hospital smell. God.
2: And you have to share a shower with someone as well. It's like real back to basics first year stuff. Which is Wait, really you have to
1: share a shower during COVID. That's yeah.
2: great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we have a shared kitchen as well, which the official guidance is that you have to wear a mask whilst you're in the kitchen, but obviously that falls apart when people have to eat food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. Wow. so so I I suppose
2: from that point of view, we're not terrific on the infection control (laughs) aspect.
1: (laughs) No, I was wondering because I know a few medics and they were all saying that the guidance they get for COVID is just useless because it doesn't apply to them practically.
2: Yeah, I, well, absolutely. I think it's challenging because uh, a lot of the guidance is based on this sort of idealistic situation that you're in, but the reality is, say, say yeah. the flat I'm in, there is eight nine people living in this flat sharing one kitchen. If somebody gets COVID in here, we're all going to get it, no matter what. Pretty yeah. much, and in fact, that happened upstairs. the The flat above me, somebody got COVID, and they they just got locked down for a week in a, a room like this, which is not fantastic.
0: I'm kind of wondering, and this may be a bit, a bit of a weird question, but, like, are you enjoying it? Like, are you still – I know that you like being a medicine student and you're happy you're doing the medicine degree. But I mean, are you sort of dealing with, with it well or are you just waiting for Christmas to come?
2: Um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting question, actually, and I think the sort of day-to-day is, is about the grimmest it's ever been at university just because you wake up in a room like this, you smash the hospital, you come back, slam some food and go to bed, um, which is not terrific, but the actual medicine side of it is probably the most interesting it's ever been. I'm on my emergency medicine and critical care rotation at the moment. And as I said, I was just on ITU. And I've, I've found that whole experience right now really enjoyable cool is the wrong word I, d- I don't want to use cool during the time of a, a global <laughs> pandemic, but it but it has been quite cool
1: i think you could score some sympathy points if we mention that you've had covid
2: yeah I, I have had covid so yeah that that was a while ago now though could i could very well get it again given the transient immunity but
0: do you get a bit like i don't know a bit annoyed when um you know because something like this comes around and obviously it affects everyone but everyone is now an amateur immunologist and an amateur doctor?
2: <laughs> it, it bothered me right at the start anyway way back in sort of February-March time all the sort of part-time epidemiologists were coming out of the woodwork describing how they thought the pandemic <laughs> was going to develop on a global scale and you just you just knew it was sort of armchair science but i generally gained such fatigue for it I don't know how you guys feel about it but mm. I just can't read anything. Covid related anymore. I mean, it's it, on the on the day to day. It's pretty much all anybody talks about in the hospital, and I don't really want to read about it when I get home.
1: We're so sorry for interviewing about
2: it.
1: Yeah, no, 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 it's, it's, it's okay.
2: <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Now I made you feel bad, but no. At least you haven't asked me about the vaccine, though. That's <laughs> that's that's the one everyone's asking
1: about. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about if we could even do any episodes that wouldn't include COVID. But it's just impossible these days because dating includes COVID, studying COVID, cooking COVID, you know.
2: I, th- I think it's 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 just all encompassing for, for our lives at the moment. As, as, 100%. As, especially as students, actually, because a lot has been made about the students going back um, and whether that was the right or the wrong thing to do. Um, But now that we have gone back, it does feel like every single aspect of our degree now has been permutated by
0: COVID in some way. Definitely. Do you have any sort of advice to a a first year medic? Because I know that it's been quite hard for me, but I recognize that in relative terms, my degree is really not that hard. Whereas I think medicine is probably one of the hardest ones out there. I think you'd agree. So what would you say to someone?
2: Um, Well, I think. In terms of advice for a first year, I would say it's a long degree. You have a lot of time to learn all the skills and get all the knowledge that you require to be good at your profession in the end. So don't stress out about your first year too much. It's a long, long path. Um, And actually, especially during COVID, just try and enjoy it for the best you can. I think the first two years of university are about, I think, enjoying yourself. I know there's an academic component that you guys would probably say is equally as important, but, I mean, who am I to say what the right thing to do in first year is? I probably did everything wrong.
0: <laughs> well, isn't that what you're supposed to do in first year? Yeah. Make the mistakes in first year, not not fourth year, you know?
2: Absolutely. And I think at least the way it works for me is nothing you do academically in first year really counts. So pass and enjoy yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Definitely. I think I'd say the same thing, to be honest.
1: Thomas, thank you so much for being our very first online guest.
0: Oh, then, no
2: worries. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Medicine students. It's so interesting because uni life in general for them is different. But this year it's dramatically different. They're just thrown into COVID and we're shielded with online lectures and you know, the choice to stay at home, which they don't really get.
0: Yeah, exactly. I guess like the changes in the way we are as students is like a sort of a knock on consequence of COVID. Whereas if you're a medicine student, it sort of encompasses your life, you know. Definitely. It sounds really tough. Personally, I don't know if I could. I could manage it, to be honest. I guess that's why I'm not a medicine student.
1: <laughs> I think especially the bit where they they can't even stay anywhere but in the hospital when they're on placements. Well, at least for his case, that just seems very suffocating. Yeah. Not being able to leave. But England is also in lockdown. So it's, it's even then, it's different from us. who are, We are in Scotland and in a part of Scotland that's fairly open. We can still go outside and go to eat at a restaurant.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I guess it, what it does show is that it's so circumstantial. It's it's hard to make generalities. Although we think it's all affecting, it's affecting all of us, yes. But it's affecting each of us to such varying degrees, even within a, even within the same subject. Like if you're first year, like what Thomas was saying, you know, it, it probably looks fairly similar to being first year in you know other degrees, like you're you're doing online classes, things like that. Yeah. But even then, it's, it must be so difficult. And I think what what Tom's is saying that being in the beginning of your degree has got to be the hardest.
1: I think you're right. I think it is because even though the academic bit doesn't count, the social aspect is what keeps you at uni and getting into it in a nice way, you know, having some kind of support system when you're starting out is really important. Even face-to-face getting to know some of your lecturers. I remember we specifically had one who would always ask us how we were doing at the beginning of every tutorial. And I assume that's not really something you do assume because it doesn't have the same payback when you're not there in person. So the support system in general that keeps you in uni is just gone for first years.
0: Yeah. It, uni is not just classes. It's also social life. It's also living alone for the first time. And I guess it's worth remembering that it's not just the educational side that's affected. It's it's absolutely everything at what can be sometimes the hardest time in your life. Yeah. And now we're joined by Carolina. Thank you so much for joining us, Carolina. how are you?
3: Hi, thank you so
1: for having me. I'm quite good. Do you want to quickly just introduce yourself so we know who you are and where you study and what you study?
3: Absolutely, so hi everybody, I'm Carolina. I'm studying pharmacology and I'm currently a fresher, so newbie here.
1: And you live in halls, right?
3: Uh, I live in Pythagoras Street, so private halls. It's a
1: bit more quiet. <laughs> That is nice. How many people do you share flat with then?
3: We're, we're supposed to be five, but only three came, so it's actually quite nice.
0: And how would you describe your first eight or nine weeks here in Aberdeen?
3: Oh, well, interesting. Um, specifically, when I first moved in here, I had to go into quarantine. So that make it a bit difficult to actually get to know people here and and settle with the new environment and everything. But thankfully, I already had some friends here, so at least I could like chat them and, and hang out with them online. But afterwards, when school started, um, to be fair, I expected it to be a bit more difficult when it comes to like first year university and stuff.
1: But what I've heard that like first year in general in Scotland is quite easy on the university. Yeah. So how many of your classes are online and or do you even have any in person?
3: Uh, well, I do have in-person, I think, two classes and the other two are completely online, but it's, mm, well, in-person, we have like uh, lab practicals every two weeks, so <laughs> that doesn't make it much much in-person, but it's, it's good.
0: <laughs> do, you, do you think you get more out of the in-person classes as compared to the online ones?
3: Uh, Well, I think definitely yes, especially uh, when it comes to the practicals, you can actually touch it and know what you're doing. And it's not just theory. I know that some people are having the online life practicals, but I think it kind of must be different and weird to do chemicals online on some program. So you're glad you
1: came to Aberdeen in the end anyway? Oh yeah, definitely.
3: (laughs)
0: Were you ever tempted to defer or wait a year or something like that?
1: Oh, not at all. <laughs> I already mm-hmm.
3: studied the last year in Coventry, uh, foundation year. So to be honest, I'm quite older yeah. compared to the other freshers here. <laughs> uh, so I was actually quite glad to so, like, go through the freshers again and like finish my studies, hopefully before I'm 30. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, okay. That makes a lot of sense then. So you've also lived away from home before and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, I probably was lucky about it, so I had actually the experience to live alone without COVID. Then of course COVID came, but <laughs> I got used to it. Do you,
0: do you get a sense of how some of your other friends are getting on who maybe have lived alone just for the first time now? Are they finding it hard or are they managing?
3: Mm, probably depends how extroverted or introverted people are, but I do know that some of the friends I have here and their are freshers and living for the first time alone they probably struggled the most with like uh, finding what they should buy in the groceries and like who, how cooking works and then these stuff, like the
1: essential adulting. <laughs> so to a certain extent, it's almost a normal university experience for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like my first year.
1: Yeah. How do you find the, the online classes and the lectures and stuff? Do you know people in your class based off of that?
3: Mm. Partly. Uh, if I engage enough and actually like text someone or we have those breakout groups where we are probably supposed to talk to each other, but usually we don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it comes to the yeah. time I found in my classes, honestly. In the beginning, no one spoke, but then like by week 10, which is a long time in uni life, you know? People started speaking.
3: Yeah, yeah. Those classes that I had today, they actually were people speaking. I never do that because, like, anxiety. But
1: (laughs) so it it maybe it's even harder if you're introverted to then you know go beyond the the barrier. I actually thought it might be easier because it's online. You know what I mean? Mm, I wish.
0: Oh no, 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 no! Surely not.
1: Yeah, exactly. Chatting in the
3: chat is fine, but otherwise, whenever like someone asks. Me or other people like to turn on the microphone it's like, ha sorry, not work.
0: Have you ever been tempted just to get a cup of tea or something like that? Or, you know, have a little nap during the thing?
3: Um, yeah, quite do that on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you said before like, you had a lot of free time. I mean, what does your social life actually look like? Because, like, for me in Cajun, for example, it's a lot of, you know, movies in the flat and... You know, I think for I think that our pub going has really fallen off a cliff, even when we're not even when we're allowed to. Has that been the case for you?
3: Um, yeah, kind of the similar. A lot of movies and TV series, but um, thankfully, I also do taekwondo and golf, so I get to tend to be outside quite a lot. Ah. Even though the classes are COVID. Um, restricted so we are like two meters apart and when it comes to martial arts it's not that nice to actually train it but um well i'm kind of an inside person so i usually just game or talk to my flatmates or hang out with some people at coffee shops i'm very glad that at least they're they're open yeah.
0: and, and do you and do you get on with your with your flatmates because obviously because you're first year and you've arrived in private halls you didn't choose them you just had to show up and hope that they were nice people on day one
3: yeah, yeah, I was kind of hoping that they were, but uh, I was very lucky. They're both uh, girls, and they're studying in one is in third year, one is already studying a master's g- degree. So at least I have the same age group here, which I'm very happy about.
0: And you're not, and you're not stuck with some seventeen-year-olds that don't know how to do their dishes or anything like that.
3: Oh yeah, I'm just happy that I don't live with anybody that likes to party every day and be very loud because I like my sleep so.
1: Okay, okay. So you live in, in accommodation. So did you notice that in other flats maybe that during you know, the height of COVID in Aberdeen, they maybe weren't being as protective as you thought they should be?
3: Yeah, I don't want to like point anyone out, but there are a lot of flats that just they don't care about the restrictions, especially during September and the freshest week and they used to party like every day, have parties of sixty and more people. And I have heard that like, they were even crap really? on calling wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Some of the flats got quarantined, so I'm quite happy I live in a separate block. So I had like a free way of not to catch it. Wow.
0: Do you you know what kind of happened to them? Did they just get a slap on the wrist and told to go back to their rooms? Or did you know if they got any kind of anything more severe than that?
3: I mean, from the reaction that they didn't stop partying, I think they just got slapped on the wrist. (laughs)
0: oh really
1: yeah exactly that's interesting because we got very threatening emails i would argue about what would happen if we were caught i was quite surprised
3: that they don't care about it and just kept partying i mean i guess they want to have fun but responsibly
0: did you get a sense from them that they were sort of trying to keep it a bit on the sly or they just you know music drinks out kind of things like that like very out in the open
3: yeah very open very loud music, a lot of
1: drunk people.
0: Really? Wow.
1: But I will say it's it must be so hard when you come to uni. You're giving, like for four years, you're told how amazing it's going to be when you come to uni and you can party every day and there's no parents. And then you come to uni and you're told you can't do any of it. So there, like I think there should be some amount of sympathy for those who are finding hard to obey rules, especially when they're 17, 18 years old, you know, just trying to make a friend.
3: Yeah, I definitely understand them. Especially, they're first for the first time enjoying actually being alone and independent. So it's just like the the thrive that you can do whatever do you want.
0: Do you feel optimistic for the future? Do you think that the you know the the disease is going in the right direction and the vaccines and things like that? And I, I wonder if that's helping you kind of stick to the rules and have that light at the end of the tunnel.
3: Mm, well, I definitely think so. Especially like next year, and with the promiseable vaccines that. Seems to be working and probably distributed in the next month. I think will be like I wouldn't say COVID free because it's just like I wouldn't say it's just a flu, but it's very much like a flu and it mutates so often that so, so eventually we'll be just having COVID for the rest of our lives. But I think it will be much under control, so we could get back to our normal lives.
1: I hope you get to enjoy uni like you were supposed to, do you know what I mean? Have have the proper experience you were promised. I hope so, thank you. It was great talking to you.
0: Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. And that was our second overqualified guest of the day, Carolina.
1: Yes, a pharmacologist.
0: Se- yes, yeah, second person who probably knows way more about all of this stuff than me.
1: Why do we study history and politics? <laughs>
0: well, not not sure how much we bring to the table with regards to the pandemic.
1: Well, do you know what? Right now, we are recording material that will be historic analysis material for later generations. So you know, there you go. That's what we're bringing to the table.
0: Oh right, yeah. So yeah, some some poor history student in school is going to be analyzing this podcast. And for those people, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but we'll try and be more insightful and give you something interesting to talk about.
1: Hi and welcome. Um, today we're talking about studying during COVID and everything. So if you would maybe want
4: to introduce yourself, just your situation quickly. I'm Fatin. I'm... Actually studying in the University of Liverpool, uh, a bachelor's in film studies and English. But I'm currently in Singapore. Um, School has started six weeks ago and I've been doing it online for six weeks. So that's my situation at the current moment.
1: Okay. How come did you decide to not go to
4: Liverpool? Honestly, it was mostly on financial Um, So, yeah, aspects. I thought if I could save some money on accommodation and living costs, it would make a lot more sense since everything's going to be online anyway. And I thought that was actually a wise decision in the long run because the UK is on lockdown right now. So, to be honest, I'm happy where I am right now. Um, It's a little upsetting that I can't meet my peers. So, but yeah, mostly financial, but also, um, I mean, if I ever get COVID or anything, I'd rather be in my family rather than being isolated in my room. So, yeah.
0: And, and what is your living situation right now? Do you live at home with your parents or?
4: Yeah, I'm living at home with my parents and my older brother. It's basically, I'm in my childhood bedroom right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my classes, are, you know, are just basically Zoom calls. What were your original reasons for wanting to do, to study in the UK? For the subject that I'm doing, film studies. In Singapore, while we do have undergraduate options for that, I just thought that the industry for film here is very small. And so I thought there wasn't much exposure if I did a degree here um, so I thought doing a film degree overseas either in the U.S. or in the UK was a lot more advisable and you know uh, coming of age I guess <laughs> just wanting to gain a little bit of independence move out of the house.
0: But that hasn't happened yet.
4: Well yeah <laughs> <laughs> when half of it is kind of there the other half is not really fulfilled just yet so yeah. I was supposed to fly in January like that was the original plan, but my university just recently announced that class is going to be online all the way till February. So I thought maybe I should stay till February because there's a chance that lockdown is going to be extended. Um you know, a lot of the uni experience is kind of stripped away. Um, so it's basically an online degree which is not what I signed up for. Yeah, so you missed the social aspect. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I'm not the only one like in this boat. But a lot of freshers not a lot of them have friends, you know, other than maybe the people who have moved into Liverpool have interacted with like their flatmates and stuff. But I think outside of that social bubble they haven't really met anyone. And so I haven't really you know befriended anyone because we only have i only have like six contact hours a week um and you know not every module is the same people so that's really tough because i was really hoping to get some friends by by now
0: yeah i mean i can't imagine making friends over zoom for the first time i guess it's okay you know having a zoom call with your friends people that you've already established but introductions that that kind of first time interaction it, it must be impossible i guess or really hard
4: yeah it's definitely not what i expected um i honestly thought that um online wouldn't be so different but now that i've experienced it it really is different is there's a real disconnection to everyone else the screen does make a huge difference so um that really sucks oh yeah have you ever considered deferring
1: or have you considered it since starting maybe to push your studies a little bit
4: I have, um, especially when COVID was spiking. I think early in the year, I actually um, thought about um, deferring because I got my offer December last year. So early in the year when COVID was really spiking up everywhere, I really thought about deferring. But the thing is, I actually took a gap year last year. So if I were to take another gap year, um, I felt like it's going to be like a whole year wasted, you know. And um, I thought the only thing that could really be a good reason for me to take another gap year is if I could secure a full-time job for the year. But because of COVID, the economy, you know, is going down. <sighs> yeah, I applied for everything, nothing <laughs> came back. So I thought, just yeah. get the degree, I, you know, just make the best out of it.
0: And are you hoping to sort of start fresh, you know, next semester? Have that be your kind of freshers, even though you'd be in second year?
4: I'm hoping so, but it's definitely going to be different. I think once I move in, um, people already kind of know other people, just, you know, within like the flat or something. Um, So, you know, freshers week, I guess, is kind of your opportunity for everyone to be kind of lost together. But when you come in the middle... Everything. Um, it's going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be awkward. And I'm going to be coming in maybe, you know, when school is about to start. So there's no really social aspect of it. Um, that part is missing, you know, but we'll see how it goes, I guess.
1: Yeah. Usually, we rely a lot on societies in order to like get a social circle at the beginning. Have you had any information from the uni or like seen anything that might? interest you in terms of that like online society stuff
4: well i've actually joined uh three societies um yeah. and it but the thing is like one society has like no activity at the moment and the other two um they're pretty active they have like events coming out and stuff but we only have like meetings once a week and you know it's always the same people talking usually it's like Uh, the committee is talking to like the rest of us and so there's not really much interaction some people decide to turn off the cameras so you know um it's just really different and like they kept saying that oh we used to do this and do that when you know pre-covid and you know a lot of that is stripped away and it's online so So yeah it's 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 tough i thought joining societies would make it a little bit better it did i guess in a way um but even with these online activities it's really hard to make friends i guess it's just maybe that good bonding session for that one hour but no one's really bonding even with one another
0: I feel like that when I'm talking in classes, but I suppose when you're in a class, it's not necessarily just about making friends. It's more just, you know, the academic side of things. But um, I'm wondering about the time difference. I mean, is it difficult where you are to sort of do they accommodate for the time differences when your classes are held?
4: The difference between the UK and Singapore is about eight hours. So we're eight hours ahead before when you guys had daylight savings, it was seven hours So I had to, and we don't have daylight savings, so you know, it kind of Mm. changed on my side. Um, (laughs) So I do have like classes at like 12 at midnight.
2: Really? Wow.
4: um, Which is not that great. Yeah. Like my Friday classes (laughs) at midnight. Um, It's kind of difficult, but it's not too demanding. You know, maybe per day is maximum two hours, maybe one seminar and one uh, lecture. So it's not too bad. Um, but it's difficult when it comes to the societies uh. because a lot of them have meetings at like maybe 7.30 at night UK time. And for me, it's like 3am in the morning. So I have like slept at like 10, <laughs> woken up at like 3 just to uh, attend those meetings because I thought... Like I, I felt like missing out. Like I always there was a formal basically. So I really wanted to be a part of um the society. And we're having so little meetings already, so might as well just join this one meeting that they're having like every fortnight, you know. That sounds
1: very demanding, I must say. There hasn't been like a network for other students
4: who are also in different countries and different time-, time zones. No, not that I know of. Um well I joined one society that it's the Malaysian society, even though I'm not Malaysian, but we kind of consider <laughs> each other like brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, so for them, they do accommodate because they know that they have students in Malaysia and are currently in Malaysia, which is the same time zone as Singapore. But other than that society, you know, um, everything else is in the middle of the night.
1: yeah it also kind of limits you if you wanted that international experience and actually meeting people from
4: the UK yeah I mean that was one of the reasons why I wanted to you know go into the UK so that I could meet people of other cultures and you know yeah do that but you know if I keep on sticking with the people yeah people of the same cultures I mean you know I'm again, then taking that experience away from myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you get a sense that there's a lot of people like you in the sort of same boat, maybe not necessarily from Singapore, but from other places that they're all kind of struggling with the same issues?
4: Well, personally, I don't know anyone. Um, uh, the Malaysian society, um, none of them really voiced out that kind of concern. So I can't really say for them, um, no one in my seminars, like an international student as well. Everything, everyone else is like British. Um, or they're international, but they've already moved to Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I've never really met anyone. Yeah.
1: Do you have any regrets about not taking the plunge and moving to Liverpool earlier, even though it might be a very limited social
4: experience? No, I, I think I made a bad decision staying in Singapore. Um so, yeah, again, financially, it's, it's better. Um, but at least, you know, I have yeah. that social part of my life. I still have my friends to hang out with. We can still go out. I mean, I'm going out with them tonight. And um, I don't think I could do the same in Liverpool. I'll probably be stuck. You know, I'm not a huge extrovert. It does take some time for me to open up to people, and, you know, if I don't mix well with my flatmates, it's going to be difficult. Um, I'm going to be feeling really isolated. So, yeah, I for the company, I'd rather be here for the time being. As Well, at least till the UK gets better, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I would be honestly the exact same.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same for UK students, right? I mean, a lot of them uh, decide to move back home um, so I guess you know it's not too different
1: yeah we have a few friends who chose not to come back for the semester even though they already like had social networks and stuff because it didn't make sense and I'm assuming it's the same priority you know calculation you've been making
0: yeah yeah it must be so hard to justify in your mind you know shelling out so much money for for a student accommodation and then all you do is sit in your bedroom and and you don't even go to the campus. That must be... I mean, I know a lot of people that have done that, and they're really annoyed.
1: Especially when student accommodation is so overpriced already, and then you're not even getting the social experience that kind of makes up for that cost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it, it must be a, a big thing in first year as well, because I know that the typical thing is for first year is to go into student accommodation rather than a rented flat. I, d- I don't know, like, what the... How expensive is it to live in Liverpool? Do you know?
4: Um... I mean honestly I can't really compare the prices but personally it's kind of pricey for uni halls in the uni itself, the cheapest is about maybe 150 plus pounds a week and i heard that's pretty pricey that is steep
3: yeah. <laughs> yes yes
4: <laughs> i mean if you do that per month and they, you know you calculate the whole year it's pretty, it's pretty expensive so it just
0: yeah plus lights
4: And the flights itself is really so expensive. So, um, yeah, it's expensive. Um, So I'm just trying to cut costs wherever I can. Yeah. So since I'm going to be maybe in the UK for half a year, so I'm only paying for like half the price I'm supposed to.
1: And I guess the prospects of year two and three are kind of keeping you going in terms of like sticking to your studies.
4: There's a hope that things will get better by the time, you know, 2021 rolls around. So that's what's really keeping me going. Um, hopefully social life is better in the second year and yeah. so forth. So, um, But it really depends on whether COVID gets better, honestly. Yeah.
1: Like on a little bit of a hopeful note, I will say that at least I think in Aberdeen, it's quite easy to meet new people, even though you're not a fresher. So making friends in second and third year might not be as much of a challenge as it can seem. But I know it's very different from person to person, obviously. But societies help a lot, definitely, and that's something the UK universities have that that isn't a thing in a lot of other countries. So at least there's that little like up, uh, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that I think what you're saying about those society meetings, I think that's very true of most societies in in UK universities. Like they've they've all taken a really big hit, as far as I can tell, and I can imagine if if I guess if and when COVID does get better, they're going to want to recoup all of their members and 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 really uh try and get everyone engaged
1: do you think you've had enough support from the university i thought i did
4: (laughs) i think (laughs) um i mean when when schools just started and you know i was kind of getting used to the uni learning style i was very stressed and i felt so down in the dumps and trying to find Honestly, trying to find mental health uh, support was actually really difficult. I mean, just going online is like link that directs to this link, that directs to this link, or this person directs you to another person, but you never get that kind of support. Um, fortunately, I'm better now. I think I've gone into the groove of things. But I mean, just imagine someone um, who's, you know, in that kind of feeling for like six weeks. You know, it's really difficult for them to find that kind of support. And um, I know they're trying their best. You know, I can't really fault them. You know, they give out emails trying to reassure us, you know. and um, But, you know, announcements come a little late. And, you know, like I already booked my flight and now I have to change my plans, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, I can't fault them. They They are also waiting for announcements from the government. We just got to help each other at this point.
1: I hope your university experience has an, an, a light at the end of the tunnel.
4: Yeah.
0: No, I'm sure it will.
4: I think there is hope. I mean, there's two vaccines that prove to be highly effective. It's just a matter of distribution. So uh, you just got to manifest it. Everything's going to be all right. You just got to believe in it.
0: That's, that's a lovely note to end on, I think. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much for joining us. No problem
1: of having me. That was for
0: From the University of Liverpool in Singapore via Zoom. Um, And I think that that is probably a lot of people's experiences.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting talking to a freshman, seeing how much it's impacting them because I'm certain now that they have a tougher time than we do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it does come back to what we talked about in both of the previous two interviews, which is that... (laughs) You know, for people like us, it's difficult, but we can manage it. We have a friend group already. And it's the hardest thing about socializing is always the first conversation you have. The first, the making the friends and making, reaching out, making that connection. And I just can't imagine doing that over a Zoom call.
1: It's also the expectations you have going in with it. Like when we go into fourth year our expectations are very academic right whereas when you go into first year it's like very social i'm growing i'm meeting new people and the academic stuff on top of that and you're kind of just all that is torn away
0: yeah exactly it's like you're told oh first year is for making friends and getting used to this new environment whereas if you're at home okay you're at university for the first time but you're still at home yeah. How can, you, how can you really get used to a new environment when you're not even in it?
1: Especially the time zones, like, with societies, because that's literally the only lifeline you have then to making friends. If your class is a very, like, you know, you're speaking to a black wall, then yeah. society is your only lifeline, and that's kind of torn away too, just because it's not functional.
0: Yeah. I think what Fatin said was really fair, which is that these societies, and I suppose the universities – They're trying the best they can, but what what can you really do, you know? Um, Like,
1: we have stopped participating in the societies we were involved with, really, because it's just not... You don't get a lot from it, really.
0: It's really not the same, unless you can kind of find some way to do some sort of in-person, socially distanced thing. But, of course, if you've you've made the decision to stay in your home country for really, really good reasons, like, you know, if I was paying that much money... To have online classes and have online society events, you know, I'd be furious to know about you.
1: Yeah. Also, also just in an uncertain situation to be so far away from home, not being able to quickly come back and not having a guarantee to be able to go home. I fully understand it because I would be a nervous wreck, honestly, being so far oh, yeah. away from my support system. And then you don't, you don't even get a support system where you end up like if, if you had gone to Liverpool, like what would your experience even be like? It's very uncertain. So it makes perfect sense and i only hope that they then get you know second and third year to kind of make up for it but the unis and the societies and everything like i hope that there's so much effort made from them to then make up for that time even though it wasn't their fault but you know it's it's very sad
0: yeah i do i do believe that there's going to be a concerted effort to to really acknowledge the fact that for most people even if you're going into second year it really looks a lot like first year in terms of getting used to the new place and making a new making new friends at university
1: they need to do like a rebranded fresher week for second years
0: (laughs) yeah it is interesting though because like as we know you can participate in freshers week as not a fresher in normal times so i think that's going to be doubly the case now you know
1: definitely We had someone who was deep in it and then we have someone who got to uni but already had the social footing and like had moved away from home and then someone who didn't get that experience at all. So it's actually quite varied, I would say.
0: I think what it shows is that we're all being affected by the same things, being affected in the same ways, but to such varying degrees, you know.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: I think our experience is probably closer to Thomas's. I think you'd agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's better because we're here physically, right? And we already have our friends. But again, he's the fifth year, so it makes sense that we're more aligned with him.
0: <laughs> the, the one thing I keep coming back to is that I really, really feel for these freshers. Like it must be so hard. And I know that our so the history department they kind of had a certain number of in person hours that they could like allocate to their classes, and they chose they chose to allocate them to the first years, the start uh it was a bit like oh it was a bit annoying I,
1: know. I was like i'm more important i'm a fourth year my grades count but no i don't feel like that
0: yeah but it almost must be such like a almost like a lifeline because i feel like without that as a first year
1: yeah
0: you know in fourth year it's kind of like you're fully committed at this point right
1: yeah you're not gonna drop out
0: no and th- this whole covid situation it has been really, really annoying for you, but it's never caused me to be like, oh, to think, oh, what am I doing here? This is such a mistake. Like, no. But you're so prone to that kind of thinking going into going into university for the first time. So I feel like having that in-person contact and and yeah, having some some communication via and a physical person standing in front of you from your department is so important.
1: But I think both Carolina and Fatin make great points here, where they were saying. Yes, the other option would be to defer. But what would I really be deferring for? Because you can't really exploit a gap year this time. You can't get a job. You can't go traveling like you usually would. So then if you're wasting your time, you might as well get, you know, past a year of uni almost. So they don't really, they don't really have a lot of options in terms of then waiting and getting that experience next year.
0: Yeah, exactly. They have to
1: just include in in their three years that they're just missing out on one whole year, possibly, of socializing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the virus is so pervasive; like, it takes away so much, so much from this from your university experience. But it also then, with the other hand, swipes away every other kind of alternative to do spend with your time.
1: (laughs) I think this was a very eye-opening experience talking to people who have been so much more impacted by it because we've been extremely lucky. This is a theme throughout all of these episodes, really, that shows just our
0: privilege. That we have it extremely easily, yeah.
1: Yeah, we, we're always just baffled by how lucky we are in terms of our positioning. And the same thing has gone for this one.
0: No, the, the, the theme of our episodes is either we're we're baffled at how lucky we are or we're baffled at how overachieving our guests are. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: so <funny. laughs>
0: Uh, and then we're just hear like we have it really easy but we haven't done a whole lot with that easiness
1: we need to really do something for the world at some point to give back
0: i like to think this podcast gives back to the world <laughs> vicky Vic is nodding her head oh yeah i mean i think the other thing that did keep coming up throughout all three of the interviews is that um the future is the one thing that's really keeping people going i guess yeah, yeah. Hope. yeah exactly yeah I mean, we didn't talk about too much about the vaccine, but it was almost like an underlying theme.
1: Oh yeah, everyone brought it up on their own. But I you think that's kind of what it was—the hope that killed us back in May when we went on vacation, where we thought we could just come back and you know have a normal year, and not really realizing the the situation fully.
0: Yeah, but. Um... Let's see what the future holds, eh? Try and make the most of it. And as always, we have to thank our guests, Thomas, Carolina, and Fatim. We have to also thank Vicky, our lovely producer, Lasso, who produces our music, Dorina, who's our graphic designer, and Leah, who's our human resources and guest recruiter. And thank you very much for listening.